and welcome to On A Good Day with me, Elizabeth Callahan, And me, Julia Ajay. This is the podcast which looks at brain injury and its impact on all involved. Today we wanted to release a special episode of our podcast, On A Good Day, to mark Carers Week, which is the 5th to the 11th of June. We wanted to do this as an opportunity to recognise and say thank you to all the carers out there who do such amazing unpaid work. They really do. And there's over 5 million of us in England and Wales who contribute a staggering £162 billion per year. And that value is equivalent to a second NHS. So which slightly blows my mind uh, well completely blows my mind like that work that that they do every day from a variety of ages Julia you do identify as a carer you've been a carer for your husband Hector for the last 13 years how has that role I mean obviously you came into that role very unexpectedly how has that role developed over time and how do you see being a carer? Well it's been an interesting journey and I certainly didn't always identify as a carer at all for Hector. Um, I would say that it probably took at least 18 months to two years before I would even use that word and I think that that's a common experience for many carers that actually many people take some time to identify as a carer and many people never do. I think from my own personal experience I don't feel that my caring role lessens my role as a as a wife and partner to Hector at all. I feel it's an additional role that I've taken on. When I first started identifying and and saying that I was a carer, self-identifying as one, What I found was that there were structures of support available to me that weren't previously available, or they were, but I wasn't able to access them because it wasn't something that I thought I could. Um, But I did certainly, in those earlier days, um, attend support groups for other carers. I also became involved in a um, local board as a representative. Um, But after some time, I felt that actually both of those things were no longer really things that I needed. Um, And I felt that because of the progress that Hector had made in his recovery, sitting on the board as a carer wasn't something that that was my focus anymore. So I stepped down from that. But it is still a term I use because of the additional support that I give Hector really, mainly in terms of communication. It's it's something that I feel also helps me to understand and almost separate those roles, actually, um, so that I can think of when I'm doing those support roles, that's me doing them in my caring capacity. But as I say, I certainly don't feel that that diminishes my role as, as a partner and a wife at all. Because I think the thing is, they can get really mushed together, can't they? The, the the various, I mean, we're all playing lots of different roles within our lives and particularly when somebody that you love has to have extra help. Um, so it's great that you've made that distinction between kind of the wife 
and the carer because yeah they can become really blurred can't they and I think a lot of people would feel that they that they are yes and I think that um, many people with their caring responsibilities wouldn't be able to do that maybe as easily because of the types of care that they need to provide for their loved one Mm. Um, but I think that yeah whilst it's part of everyday life um, I recognise that um, there's a lot of lot of things outside of my my caring role that are particular to Hector and I, and part of all the things that we had before he was ill. So that's really important to me. But Elizabeth, I'm also really interested in how you identify, um, because actually, carer isn't a term that you use for yourself to self-describe, is it? Tell us a bit more about that. No, it's not. I, it's funny, I've, I feel a slight fraud for, for saying that I am, even though absolutely my, you know, my husband Paul who had a stroke five years ago definitely does need extra help and care. Um, not so much physically, more cognitively and mentally as well actually um as we all do i don't know because i certainly at the beginning there was a there was more of that and that at that time you know you, you don't necessarily identify a carer and you know i must point out that stat that i read out that five million unpaid carers that's from the ages of five onwards and um, so there's so many young carers out there as well um but those are only people that have said that they identify as a carer so actually the true, you know, amount of carers out there, of unpaid carers, is going to be significantly higher. Um, but for me, yeah, I, I see Paul as fairly independent. He can physically, he can walk wherever he wants to go. Now he is able to get public transport. Couldn't to start with, you know, he can plan out his route as long as he's got a, a route kind of planned out. And even when he doesn't, he is now able to figure things out and kind of get where where he can a bit easier. But there are, like you and Hector, you know, communication difficulties and he may need help phoning up, you know, banks or, you know, talking to the hospital or doctors or, you know, various other kind of services that are used that he would probably struggle with or he would maybe get slightly overwhelmed with it or perhaps not understand kind of the questioning and then him relaying things back sudden you know sometimes because he has aphasia he the words may not come out as well or in the correct way and then day to day you know with perhaps with household tasks can get a bit overwhelming for him as well or with the children or you know and actually with my two girls so I've got a 10 year old and a now seven year old they are helping him out as well so you know particularly my eldest I would possibly count her as a carer because she looks out for him and um and does help him when he needs it you know she'll be you know sorting stuff on his phone he's like well i don't know what to do so you know she knows how to do it or on the computer she'll help him 
figure things out like with, with technology um so yeah there's lots of different facets of it but yeah for me like the caring role doesn't sit totally comfortably with me because like a lot of other people i envisage somebody that is helping another person sort of physically a lot of the time isn't it when you think of a carer you think of somebody looking after somebody else who is unable to kind of move to feed themselves but it's such a broader scope than that and i think carers week is all about recognizing all of those people who give time and energy and you know a little bit of or a lot of themselves to help other people when it may not be evident yes and you in not identifying as a carer, what do you call yourself then in your role? So I would say, well, I would say I'm a supporter. I prefer that label, I suppose we're going to kind of label it. But yeah, I guess I'm his wife, you know, I'm Paul's wife. I'm a mum and I'm, I am his supporter. So I would use that term rather than a carer. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. And one of the other interesting stats that we looked at was that one in seven carers are juggling work and care. And both of us work. Uh, I work part-time. What do you think are some of the challenges with work? Yeah, it's fitting everything in, isn't it? And it's it's feeling like you're not always giving your best to your family if you're out for long periods of time and the other person isn't necessarily able to do everything that perhaps you would want to get done. Um, and it's kind of accepting that as well, isn't it? But you're juggling a lot. I think carers, you know, the incredible thing that they do is they are, they're doing so much as well as looking after other people, looking after, you know, I've, got children I look after as well and then there's there's Paul additionally as as you have for many many years as well Julia I think Um, I'm very lucky in having an understanding workplace where that those uh, roles and responsibilities of carers that are recognized and we have a carers forum at work actually wow yeah that is good which is is brilliant Um, and what does that involve that's really uh, just a group where carers can come together and talk about some of their experiences and share and recognise those additional pressures that the caring role can bring. Workplaces also have a carer's policy where there is uh, annual leave, additional annual leave given for carers. So it might be worth looking at that if you uh, or any of our listeners aren't aware of those um, and to ask at work to see if there is any support that might be available. Absolutely. And I think, like you were saying earlier, there are so many different types of support that possibly a lot of people don't know exist. Yes. And whether one identifies as a carer or uses the term carer um, or a different term like you yourself, you supporter, Elizabeth, I think it's really worth having a look to see what support structures there are that might be outside the ones that are most obvious to you or that you might think you can't access because a lot of carer services don't need people to identify or use the term carer. Um, but have a have a look and see, and we'll put some resources 
as well to for Carers UK and Carers Week in the show notes so that people can access that support if they feel they need it. Great advice, Julia. We will absolutely do that. In one of our episodes, we had Sarah Chalice, who had, has written an amazing book called Who Cares, about, you know, being a carer. And one of the most important things is, is also for us carers to look after ourselves. Because Absolutely. if, and, and I'm really aware of that, that if I get ill, if I'm run down, if I'm feeling too overwhelmed or tired, then people are relying on me. We can't be at our best if we don't give ourselves some rest, if we don't give ourselves a bit of me time and, you know, be able to um, take a break now and then. And I know it, that's really difficult, but it's it's very, very important that you weave that somewhere into your days or weeks, whether it's just in little pockets of time, just taking some time out. And I think Sarah came up with some great points on that. It certainly is something that's worth listening to. And hopefully other episodes as well um, will resonate with people who are in that position of caring for someone with a brain injury. But I think today is about shouting out to all carers, um, carers, young, old, who have additional responsibilities for looking after a family member or a friend and to say thank you for all the amazing work that you do, the huge contribution you give to the people who you're caring for and also to the economy um, and to, in all the different ways that you help. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And for tuning in and listening to On A Good Day and this special episode, which we just wanted to get out there and show our appreciation for Carers Week. And we will see you again next week. Bye for now. Bye for now. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revelhorwood, Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.